talk about uh, devastation in ministry. Our 1995 trip to Northern California and parts of Oregon and Washington State included a visit to Mount St. Helens in Washington State. This was a 15 years after the mountain exploded, devastating vast areas to the west and southwest of the mountain and causing at least 60 deaths. The visit began with a dramatic IMAX photographic presentation with the theater being located right at the edge of the affected area. As one left the theater and proceeded towards the mountain, the pictures just viewed came into focus. At first, it was very depressing, but as the miles rolled by, the feeling intensified to something closer to horror. One cannot escape connecting this unimaginable total destruction to the crushing images of biblical books of Ezekiel, Daniel, and Revelation. In retrospect, when making a casual comparison with that scene and apoplectic promises of God, our spiritual position is secure. But what about our personal ministry? For one biblical response to these God-promised prophecies, considered 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 through 8. Now about the times and season, brothers, we do not need to write you, for you are fully aware of the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and security, destruction will come them suddenly like labor pains on a pregnant woman and they will not escape. But you, brothers, are not in the darkness so that this day should overtake you like a thief. For you are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us remain awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and the helmet of our hope of salvation. In the spring of 1980, after some irregular signs of the mountain stirring that only geologists and seismologists appreciated, Mount St. Helens began to release gray plumes of steam that would rise thousands of feet in the air. The mountain became increasingly persistent and ominous with the seismographs in a widening area beginning to vigorously spike. Rangers went through the area warning residents, campers, hikers, and hunters of the impending disaster. The great majority of these people took warning and moved well out of the area. Others moved, but not far enough that they minimized the seriousness of the situation. Harry Truman, no relation to the former president, was manager of a popular lodge on Spirit Lake. He had lived a very long time and was not concerned. His sister called to reason to no avail. A national TV reporter had a brief interview at Lakeside. Harry's grin was shown on national TV with this statement, Nobody knows more about this mountain than Harry, and it don't dare blow on him. He was amply warned by responsible people with his best interests in mind. What about ministry of warning non-believers? Here are two of the many scriptures that pertain. Colossians 1.28, Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. Or Romans 1.15 and 16, Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, 
For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The side of the mountain finally bulged, buckled, and then at 831 Pacific Standard Time, May the 18th, 1980, exploded with a force that even the most conservative geologists had grossly underestimated. Was Harry planting spring flowers or mowing the new grass when the concussion waves traveling faster than the speed of sound flattened him along with everything for 150 square miles? <clears throat> Was he able to try anything before the 50-foot wall of white hot ash and mud rolled over him? So what good is it if one puts their ear to the mountain and does not take action in response to what one hears? Or if one hears, there's no spiritual concern. Matthew eleven fifteen. He who has ears, let him hear. Do we have spiritual concerns? If so, what are we hearing? There is a date when the mountain will blow. Acts 17, 31. Because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this he has given assurance to all by raising from the dead. How everything in the Bible tells me that while ultimate judgment cannot be avoided, we should prepare for that day in an active manner. If we circle the wagons, sit back, and just wait for Jesus to come back and clean up this mess, it is my opinion we go astray and miss a very vital point of ministry. Do you have any relations with anyone who might profit from a couple of well-placed questions about belief? What about extended family? 1 Corinthians 3.6.9 I planted the seed and Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. He who plants and he who waters are one in purpose, and each will be rewarded according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field and God's building. May your troubles be small and your, your blessings more and may nothing but peace and happiness come through your door. <laughs>